Pulp MX Network Production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested Podcast. The podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things moto-centric. Hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension, motor mods, and more. It's Kiefer Tested. Here he is, Chris Kiefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rocky Mountain ATV MC.com. Kiefer Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. RockyMountainATVMC.com is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side-by-sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. It's so easy to see why RockyMountainATVMC.com is the premier shopping destination for all of us out there. Thank you, Rocky Mountain. Of course, Fly Racing, you guys know all about it. I've been talking about it for months and months. 2019 gear is very attractive. I'm chomping at the bit to ride in some of this stuff. I've had dreams about it. You guys know that I am a gear whore. But, nonetheless... Fly Racing always comes through with some great colorways and some great innovative features. Just wait to see 2019 and what they have to offer. But until then, if you guys need some gear, head over to RockyMountainATVMC.com, log on to FlyRacing.com, and choose what you want. If it was me, 2018.5 Kinetic Mesh, it's hot out. Go grab some. It's very good, very ventilated. It's not coarse. It will not chafe your nipples. And, of course, light hydrogen. To me, that's the premier gear set that I would like to choose if I was shopping on flyracing.com. So go check them out. Of course, racetech.com. Chris, Rob, the guys over there are great people, great customer service. Paul Theed is a maniac when it comes to suspension and engine. The guy is smarter than you and I put together. Every time I talk to him, he blows my mind. And he has come through with some really updated settings that is an improvement for your bike. I don't really care what bike you have. Last six to eight months or so, I've been riding a lot on Racetech things. And so far, I would say 98% of everything I've ridden is very good. So go check them out, racetech.com, especially if you have a 2017-18 Honda Sierra F450. Those guys would be my go-to for suspension and engine work. And if you have vintage bikes, go check them out. Go log on to racetech.com, check them out, see what kind of spring rates you might need for your bike. Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. Racetech products and services are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. Discover why when racers can choose, they choose Racetech. Ben LeMay. I talk to Ben constantly. He loves his suspension. Experience the gold valve advantage by logging on to Racetech.com. Good people. All right, guys. We're here again. Second show in this week. We're going to have three of those suckers this week. Busy time of year. One of my favorite things to talk about, Yamaha YZ450F. As you guys know, you've seen PulpMX.com, you've seen the articles that I have written. I am in love with this bike. 
time and time again, I come back to it and always treats me just right, you know. So it doesn't do some things the best. There are other bikes out there that do do that. But it does everything pretty damn good. So for Yamaha and for 2019, they only made small refinements, okay? You're not going to get a whole list of changes on this bike. Um, they didn't really go deep diving into some things that they could go into. But I think in 2020, we will see some of that stuff. We will most likely see a drastic change in this bike. But for now, still one of my favorite machines. For 19, small small changes on paper, but adequate feeling on the track. Not Every time people ask me, Kiefer, they barely change anything. Well, let me tell you something. Doesn't mean they change a whole crap ton of things. That doesn't mean on the track it's going to feel any different. That goes for if they make small changes. It could be a huge difference. So we do not know. So don't judge a book by its cover or what is on the outside cover, okay? If it says three to four changes, that could mean that the bike is much improved from last year's version, okay? So always have an open mind when you go to test a motorcycle or you go to ride a motorcycle, don't always believe a dyno chart or, hey man, I only got four changes to this bike from the previous year model. Some of those changes are subtle, but they can mean a lot on the track. So for 2019, Yamaha um, received increased rigidity in the axle collars. The front wheel surface area increased at the collar and the axle bracket, okay? A new shape on the rear wheel for the collars. Um, so the collars are a little bit, I would say, stiffer. And, of course, that's going to help in corners and just remain a little bit planted feeling. Stiffer suspension settings with increased damping. The seat foam stiffness has increased 16%. Thank you for that. Honestly, last year when I was at the 2018 YZ450F intro at Glen Helen, I made a comment to the guys. I said, hey, I'm hitting the gas tank or I feel like it's a seat base when I slam into these ruts. And they kind of looked at me like, huh. But as the months progressed, they kind of got the drift. I think other magazines said the same thing. So I'm glad they went to a stiffer seat foam because I went to Guts Racing and put a stiffer foam on my 18. It was much better. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit more about that foam and what it does for you on the track because you would think just putting some foam on a bike is not going to make a difference in handling, but it does. Okay. A tab has been added to the right side number plate. Um, I was catching some of this um, on my pant on the right side number plate. It wasn't very a, a seamless feel. So sometimes if your pant was creased by the knee, you could catch the right side number plate tab last year. So they fixed that. And of course, they did the old Jody. They went from a 48 to 49. God bless you. All right. But honestly, <laughs> honestly, the bike did need a one tooth up from last year i went to a 49 i know we talk a lot of shit on the jody which is one tooth up on the sprocket but this yamaha yz 450f does like one tooth and i'm glad they noticed that regardless of who says it i don't care if it works i'm in thank you mxa for your expertise and they have hold your pants hold on to your pants a blue head cover Woo! 
Holy shit. A blue head cover that you can't really see. Can't really see it, guys. Only if you stick your head up in there, you can really notice it. So I need to ask Butler and Travis why they went to a blue head. Is it just for looks? And if it is, you really can't see it anyway. Hmm. Japanese engineers, I have no idea. Maybe it runs cooler. Who knows? From a black cover. That could be. Remember the old days when uh, they used, not not Yamaha. Maybe it was Yamaha. Yeah, it was. They used a white airbox cover because they said the temperature was decreased from a black airbox cover. So maybe this is something like that. It's kind of weird. All right, so on the track. So I've had this bike for about mm, three weeks, almost three weeks. So I wanted to do a little bit more of a deep dive into this bike and not just a first impression. As you guys know, if there's anyone that knows a Yamaha YZ450F, it is me, okay? I think I put the most hours on a YZ450F than any other media testing outlet out there. One, because that's what you're supposed to do with test bikes. But number two, it's a damn good bike, right? So for me, again, solid motorcycle, does everything well. But for 19, let's just start with the engine, okay? The engine hasn't changed. There's no mapping changed. It's basically the same engine. It is the same engine from the 2018 besides that blue head cover. So why mess with a good thing? Probably one of the best engine characters out there in the 450 motocross class, okay? Yes, a KTM Husqvarna pulls a little farther on top, revs a little farther, but those engines are kind of lazy down low. This Yamaha engine is the opposite of that. It has a lot of excitement. It comes on strong off the bottom, gets you out of the corner in a hurry, and is one of the only bikes, okay, that will provide you with a third gear cornering machine. No other bike in the 450 class is as capable of running third gear through corners. There's no one. I'm, I'm trying to think in my mind. I'm, I'm going back into my fan favorites in my brain here. But from what I recall, I always have to use the clutch a lot to use third gear in tighter corners. Unlike with the Yamaha YZ450F, I don't have to do that. I don't have to cover the clutch as much. I can let that sucker lug and it, it the recovery time that see you hear that snap that's recovery time that's how quick that thing gets back up in the power band i barely have to fan that clutch and it's already down the down the straightaway okay it's a much easier bike to ride that way that's less shifting think about it if you have to downshift a second get out really aggressive and then right when you get out you got to shift to third that's more work for you that's maybe pulling you back that's tiring your arms out but third, you're running third gear through corners that's less work that's the beauty about this 450 engine. It takes less work to go fast. I'm all about that life. I am all about going fast and not having to work my balls off to go fast, okay? Just ask Travis Preston. Travis, if you're listening to this, I got you now, sucker. You better step up your game if you want to keep up with me. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. This engine is good. Broad mid-range, okay? Very broad. Top end, yes, it does fall off a little bit compared to a KTM or Husqvarna, but you can short shift this motor. That's the beauty of it. It's a bottom to mid 
type of engine, very strong, and you are able to short shift this motor, unlike the KTM Husqvarna, where they like to be revved out a little bit more. Now, stock ECU mapping, very aggressive, very touchy, maybe a little bit too touchy at times on tighter tracks with lots of traction. Go to the Travis Preston map. And honestly, Travis Preston had some help making this map. So there is a smarter human being inside the walls of Yamaha R&D, and he helped Travis make this map. So let's give him a golf clap. Nice job. But nonetheless, that map is better off the bottom. It rolls on smoother, and it increases the mid to top end. It kind of broadens all that out. That is my favorite map to use everywhere. I started out riding on all zeros on the Yamaha Power Tuner app, which is very easy to use. We will get to that. Nonetheless, zeros are very aggressive. If I'm on a sand track or something, I would probably go back to all zeros. But everywhere else, I use the TP map. I have given this map out to hundreds of people, literally hundreds of people through my email. You can go to Yamaha's website, okay? And you can find this map. If you can't, you can email me, chris at keferinktesting.com. I will email it to you, and you can install it yourself. Let's get to that ECU talk, okay? Do not be scared of this Power Tuner app. I know us dirt bike people aren't the smartest people, but I'm telling you guys, if I can do this, you guys can do it. It's easy to use. Download the app to your phone. Doesn't matter if you have a Droid or an iPhone. Download it to your phone. Take off your left side panel. There's a serial number. Put that sucker into your phone. When you open up the app, it'll ask for that. Once you have that, it'll connect. Okay? Now you're inside of your bike's engine. You're, you're, you're inside of it. Oh, man, there's so many ways I can go with that. But we're going to keep it PG up in here. Nonetheless, moving on. It's so hard for me to go, but dang it. It's a good joke in there. Now you're inside your Yamaha, so you know what's going on. A TPS sensor, it give you uh, engine temp, um, all these things that are very cool to view. Obviously, engine hours, all these things, okay? But if you want to go and change your ECU mapping, which is your fuel and your ignition timing, okay? I've Let's say I've given you this TP map. You can go to the grid punch those numbers in, which is very easy. You scroll over, highlight the numbers, go up, down, very easy to do. Okay, and then you can send to your bike. Always send to, either it'll give you an option, bike one, bike two, or, you know, yeah. You always want to go to zero one. It'll say zero one, zero two. Zero one, send to zero one, that's your bike, okay? And then voila, it's done. What I'm trying to get at here, Yamaha has tutorials on their website. Okay, I figured this out on my own without the tutorial, but if you need some guidance, okay, don't email me, Kiefer, how do you do this, this, and this, because you can find out on Yamaha's website. There's videos that'll take you step by step on how to do it. So go out in the garage, pop that sucker up on YouTube, all right? Step by step, do it yourself. It's very easy to do. And once you do it once, guys, I'm telling you, You'll nail it. It'll be easy to do. And then your buddies will ask you, and you'll be the smart one. You're at the track. You're like, dude, you're so dumb. You know how to do that? But two weeks ago, you are in the garage stressing out. So trust me on this. Very easy to do. Yamaha lets you 
change the whole power curve, guys. It's probably the easiest way to add or take away horsepower than any other machine out there. It's the easiest thing to do. I've worked with other power tuners. More of a pain in the ass than this Yamaha Power Tuner app. It's very easy to do. It's out. It's on your phone. You have your phone on your tailgate or in the back of your van anyway, and we're at the track because I know you're doing bangers. Okay? Use it. Get to know it. Change the power. Install a couple, you know, two to three maps in that sucker and go try them on, on any given day. It's really easy to do. And maybe your lap times will drop because you'll be a better rider because your engine power character is friendlier to your riding style. So it's cool that Yamaha gives us the access to do those things and it's the easiest app or power tuner to use out of all the manufacturers out there. So trust me guys, use it, it works. Again, engine, beautiful, strong, tame it down. If you want to tame it down a little bit, get it broader, use the TP map. Again, you guys can email me or go on Yamaha's website. Moving on to the suspension, okay? It's Yamaha changed the dampening, changed the valving. Stock stuff was a little soft last year. After a while, I put about 10 hours on it. It got a little soft, a little bit pitchy, okay? This year, the pitching is not as apparent. I don't get as much front-end dive on D-Cell as I did from 2018. I approve. I like this. I'm up to about six and a half, seven hours on this machine, so I'm up to the mark where I'm almost going to start feeling it break down and maybe I want to rebuild on the fork and shock. But nonetheless, I come off of Enzo, you know, KYB valving from last year. The stock valving is the best valving there is for a production motorcycle. Kiefer, is it better than the 2019 KX450? Yes. This suspension is better than the Cowie suspension. It's balanced. A little bit more balanced than 2018 because you don't get as much pitching. A little bit firmer from 2018. And, of course, you still want to run 104 to 105 in SAG. Now Yamaha has the fork height up 5 millimeters stock. So you do not have to move that. Where that is stock in 2019 is where you want to leave it, okay? Just make sure your SAG is at 104 to 105. Yes, check your SAG when you get your brand new bike. Okay, before you get to the track, check it. And then once the bike's broke in, check it again because it will seat, it will sack out, it will change, so reset it. All right? But nonetheless, I've been to several tracks, comfortable suspension, and it has a very good blend of performance and comfort weaved into this suspension. Yes, for me, I could go up a spring rate and get a little firmer on the front end, but I ride the front end a lot. I'm a big front end steering guy. I push on the front end. So yes, going to a heavier spring would help. I'm 170 pounds. For you larger guys that are two bills and up, yes, simply installing one step up heavier spring, which would most likely be a 5.1, okay, will help you. You don't need to change the valving. Some of you guys are worried about spending more money. Just try going up a spring rate right now and seeing how that helps. I would think the rear shock spring is good for up to about 190 pounds. That's my thought, okay? Because the way that shock feels, it's fairly firm. It holds up well, and I've had a test rider that's 192 pounds, and he didn't need a rear shock spring, okay? He's a novice rider, and... Um, 
I feel like sometimes novice riders would need a heavier spring just because they case jumps and they're a little bit slower and they slap down on flat more than us that clear jumps. So he didn't complain about it being too soft. I did go plus two on the fork compression. I, I stiffened it up a little bit and slowed the fork down one. Out back, I left the low speed compression alone and I softened the high speed one eighth softer. Initially, when I took this bike to Milestone, I kind of left it alone, didn't mess with it. And when I first went on it and I compared from 18 to 19, I was like, man, I feel like the front end kind of sticks down a little bit. It's a little bit harsh. But I reset the sag, made sure the sag was correct, and it felt much better. If it does feel a little bit firm in the rear coming out of corners on acceleration, soften your high speed up one-eighth to one-quarter of a turn, and that will help you. Again, very good comfort, little better than 18 holdup, less pitching, which leads me to my next point. Hey, commercial time. Thanks for listening. If you guys want a comfortable shirt to go to the track or even a hoodie, you're cold, you want your chick to look cool, get some hats, shirts, hoodies, be a moto fan, be an off-road fan, go check out ruddedracing.com or if you guys are on Instagram, at ruddedracing, Clint and April make very, very comfortable shirts, hats, hoodies. They're helping out the bear for Supercross. That's right. Rutted Racing is helping out Tyler Bowers. They put money back into our sport, guys. So let's buy some stuff. They're helping us out. They're helping the Supercross riders out of the world. Let's go there and buy some stuff at Rutted Racing or ruttedracing.com. Right now, it's 40 degrees in the high des. I am wearing a Rutted Racing hoodie, and it's badass. So go check them out. Thanks, guys. Also, don't forget... You know what's coming after Rutted Racing? ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know what's cool? Free stuff. You know that? Order 12 tees. Get 10 free t-shirts. When you order 12, buy a dozen, get 10. ScreenPrintingDone.com. They produce t-shirts, hoodies, hats, everything. You need t-shirts for your employees? Do you need t-shirts for your track? Or maybe a party you're having. Make us some t-shirts. Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com. You know who else goes to ScreenPrintingDone.com? The 7 Deuce Deuce. I feel like he took ScreenPrintingDone.com from me. But nonetheless, he knows where to go, right? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. That's where I get all my Kiefer Inc. testing shirts. Go over there. Check them out. Mention Kiefer. When you order, 12. Get 10 for free. Later. Hey, what's up? Technology. That's what I'm talking about here. It's a great thing. I love it. But I also can pull my hair out with it as well. However, there is a company that you probably have seen on the Rockstar Husqvarna race team, Dean Wilson, Jason Anderson, called Skosh. It's spelled S-C-O-S-C-H-E. You can go to skosh.com and check out all the products. They have really, really cool stuff. They have headphones. They have boom bottles. They have... Phone chargers for your Droid, your iPhone. They have magic mounts. They have wireless chargers. They have huge cables that will reach all the way across your house if you need a charger and you don't have an outlet close, like my house. I don't have that many outlets. 
They just have a bunch of cool products to make your life easier when you're out in the garage, when you're in your car, when you're at your house. Just, I'm really, really pumped to have these guys on board because they sent me some stuff. I use it all the time. My favorite thing is the Boom Buoy. It's a speaker that floats on the water. I can hang out in the pool in the backyard, listen to my music. I'm a big music guy. So they just make really cool stuff that makes my life easier. So, founded in 1980, Skosh Industries is a Ventura-based, Southern California, of course, award-winning innovator of consumer technology, power sports, and car audio products. Don't forget, car audio. You're traveling, you're sitting in traffic, you guys need to check them out, skosh.com. Committed to delivering the superior products that we all want, quality and functionality, exceptional value, and unmatched customer service. The designers and engineers at Skosh develop products that reflect a rich heritage in audio and mobile technology. Skosh finds inspiration in the California lifestyle, culture, music, and people. These influences can be seen in accessories and products that are now in the hands of homes, offices, vehicles, and people all over the world. 50 countries, okay? Hundreds of patents, trademarks, and countless industry awards received. It's easy to see why Skosh is constantly at the forefront of technology. These guys are cool. They're huge motorcycle enthusiasts. They even gave us a product code, SCOKT25. That's SCOKT25. Use that code when you go to Skosh.com. Get 25% off. Seriously, guys, go check them out. You won't ever get it. If you want to hit me up, Chris at KeyFringTesting.com, I'll let you know more. But very cool guys over there. Thanks, Skosh. Skosh.com. One of my first sponsors ever was FMF Racing. I wrote resumes. That's right. Handwriting for you young bucks out there. Handwritten resumes and mailed them out, licked the stamps, sent them off their way onto every company that had an address in these magazines that I looked at when I was younger. I was a 125 novice, 14 years old, sent my resume off, and I literally camped out by the mailbox every night hoping to get something back that says, we've accepted your sponsorship, now you're a writer. And you know what? One day, guess what showed up? A letter from FMF Racing. And you know what it said inside of it? Congratulations, Chris. You just got 60% off. Can you imagine that? 125 novice, 60% off? Dude, I thought I made it. I thought I was in. I couldn't wait to tell my dad that he was going to save money and we're going to buy like 87 silencers and pipes now because we saved him so much money. <laughs> Nonetheless, those guys were on board with me a long time ago when I was very young and now they're back on board with this podcast. I think it's very cool and thank you, little D. And you guys know, I don't want any advertiser on here unless I back their products and I back FMF Racing and the quality that it comes with. For 45 years, they've approached everything they do at FMF as riders first. That's why it means the world to them to be on top of every major reader survey. Okay? They want to make exhaust systems that you want. They want to make exhaust systems they want. So it makes sense. It's... They're stoked when they hear guys say, hey, man, I love your product. Trust me. I've been around Little D long enough. He loves that stuff. There's nothing more joyful in a guy's business to know that their products work. 
Same thing goes for my podcast, guys. So founder Don Emler is hands-on today as he was in the beginning. He's out there grinding, welding. Quality is his first concern. He builds everything from the ground up in the USA where you can oversee and control manufacturing. At FMF, they approach everything with the same mentality. Whether you're playing on the trails or backing the fastest names in racing, they set out to be number one. Thanks to all of you, fellow riders. We're leading the pack. They are leading the pack because of you guys out there buying the product. So, as you guys know, you guys go back into my podcast. I talk about FMF. Great products. Head over to fmfracing.com. Get yourself set up. Go look and see what they offer because they offer a lot. If you have any questions, hit me up. Chris at KeeferInkTesting.com and I'll answer them for you. Thanks, FMF. You looking for some good oil out there? I know you are because I get a lot of questions to my email inbox about oil. Heck, I'm at the track. People stop me and ask about oil. On the Pulp MX show, lots of callers. What oil should I run? So I'm going to let you on a little secret. I've been testing an oil that's called Moto Blood. Bloodlubricants.com. Go check them out over there at bloodlubricants.com. Go view everything they have. There's all different kinds of oils. You got an ATV, you got a street bike, you got a UTV, or you got a YZ450F in your garage. Blood Lubricants has an oil for you, okay? Jefferson Green, he's been in the oil industry for a long time, since 1983. But he's been a motorcycle enthusiast for longer than that. So he wanted to create an oil that was good, that lasted a long time and didn't break down, and even cooled your engines down a little bit more than you're used to because heck i'm going to tell you something straight up was testing this stuff a couple months did a lot of temperature readings engine temps were always anywhere from 25 to 30 degrees cooler with the moto blood 1040 and you want to even know something that's crazier it's a hundred percent fully synthetic oil you guys know me Synthetic wasn't my choice when it comes to some bikes, right? I ran it in the Yamaha and I ran it in the Honda. Wasn't too stoked on synthetic oils. Well, went and tried this. No slippage, no drag, 100% synthetic. It 100% works. So, hey, go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Mention Kiefer in your order and get 25% off. It's that easy. And if you guys have any questions about this oil, hit me up over at chris at keyforinktesting.com. I can discuss more what it does for you, what it does for your bike. But hey, it's in my test bikes right now. I've had zero failures. It's really reliable oil. It's very good, 100% synthetic. Go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. The chassis. So now we have less pitching coming into the corner, right? You don't get as much of a wiggle leading into the corner like you did in 2018. For example, 2018, you're wide open, and then you chop the throttle, decel, down. It kind of drops the front end and gives you a little wiggle before you start to end your corner, which could predict your corner and make you back off the throttle even more. For 2019, wide open, chop the throttle. I don't get that nervous, twitchy, let me take that back. It's not a twitchy feel. It's a, it's more of a quick, almost just like a, a, a knifing, but just it, when you go to settle into the corner, it just kind of has a little bit of a wiggle. For in 2019, it doesn't do that. So now that wiggle that I'm talking about, once you chop the throttle, is gone. Now it's very balanced. The machine is flat when you come into corners. And once you're in the corner, guys... 
these changes that they did with the you know the fork lug and the axle spacers and the wheel spacers helps where does it help it helps when you want to get into that rut and bank and cut down this is where i noticed that it's better than the 2018 bike initially i went out and i'm like huh feels a little firmer okay suspension's a little firmer but then when i started pushing it into ruts i noticed that i don't have to bank off of little walls or little ruts to get the front end to turn better now i can settle into this rut it sticks and let's say that rut gets blown out in the middle to the end a simple turning simple turning of the the bars cutting down now provides you with some front wheel traction that's what i noticed from the fork lugs okay which is a huge improvement for me because i'm a front end steering guy so now I can come into corners and bam, hit it and bank down off of it, okay? Where the 18, it kind of got to hit that corner, bam, and then it kind of just feels a little vague and then it'll grab. It was just a little bit more work on an 18. The 19 takes less effort. I like that feeling. And yes, you will get a little bit more of rear wheel traction. Where do you find that on the 2019? You find it when you're rolling through some... Some deep rollers have a sweeper. That rear end just seems to bite and squat a little bit more than the 18. You would think it's just wheel spacers. Well, like I said, I don't give a shit. Little changes help. If I was claiming the 2018 chassis was a 3 baseline, to me this is a 3.25. It is better. So you're adding a little bit of rigidity in the right spots. Where this bike needed it, everyone complains about the Yamaha doesn't turn, which I think is false, okay? For me, I would rather have a bike that is stable and that can turn good instead of having a bike that's a little unstable at speed and having it turn excellent. I'd rather make sure that I'm stable around the track going at speed because I want to go fast, right? This bike provide you with that feeling even better so in 2019 so cornering is improved no do not email me and ask me if it corners better than a honda because no it doesn't but it is stable it is much more stable than a honda i'm not saying about 2019 honda i'm claiming 2018 we haven't rode the 2019 honda yet so calm down but nonetheless yamaha made these refinements better i like that this I'm going to I'm going to talk about this again. I hear a lot about the Yamaha's vague, it's kind of heavy, it doesn't corner very well. I'm very picky when it comes to corners because to me cornering is everything when you go race, you need to make up time in corners. The Yamaha never really feels heavy to me unless I had to cut down off of a line, direction changes, things like that that I got to make quick choices on the track. Yes, the Yamaha does feel a little bit bigger in the shroud area in the overall bike scheme of things when you come off of a KTM and Husqvarna because they feel light and real narrow. But the bike still cuts down and makes line changes fairly good. It's not a bad feeling like I've been reading on some other media testing sites. There's no bad about this machine. Yes, it doesn't do other things as good, but it's not. there's not one thing on this bike that I'm like, it's horrible. Throw it in the trash. Like, I don't even want that on there. I don't get that feeling on this bike. With other machines, I have really high 
um, marks for parts of the motorcycle, and then I have really low marks on parts of the motorcycle. This is just always pretty good. So kudos to the guys at Yamaha for making a chassis that's stable and also can corner fairly well. Again, you will find you have more front-end traction with the, with the changes that they made, and you will get better rear-end traction as well. You also will get better rear-end traction once you go to that TP map. It just increases when you're coming off out of a rut. You can get on the, the gas sooner. It'll be more connected to your throttle hand. When you're all zeros at stock, it does get a little bit um, aggressive at times, and it, and it can step out coming out of a corner. So maybe going to that map will help you guys as well. Going to the seat and the rider triangle and the ergonomics of this bike. I've heard from other people that are tall, 6'1", that they, th they feel cramped on this bike. I think some of that had to do with the seat. There is a little bit of dip in the seat. Going to the stiffer seat foam, they said 16%. It feels actually more than that. But it has helped the handling character of this motorcycle. Key for how in the hell can seat foam ha help a handling character? Well, what it does is when you're on that seat and you're coming out of a corner, right... It doesn't have that wallowy, cushy feel like a couch like it did once. So it doesn't make you feel like you're you're sitting in the bike. It makes you feel like more you're sitting on top of the bike, which can lead you to more of a of a, a, a planted feeling on the seat, which leads you to almost make the bike feel a little bit lighter because you're not so much you're not squishy on the machine. Now you don't have that squishy feeling on the seat. It's a firmer feeling, so it almost makes the bike feel a little bit lighter getting in and out of corners. That's how I feel when I rode these things back to back, and I did do that on the first day of testing. I rode them back to back. 18 felt very comfortable. I'm like, oh, this is cushy. Then I got on the 19. I'm like, oh, it's firmer. Then I'm like, whoa, man, it feels a little bit lighter coming out of corners. So I related that to the seat foam. Now I can slam into ruts, and I don't hit the fuel tank, all right? Because last year, on the edges of that sea foam, man, you would hit the fuel tank, and it felt pretty shitty, especially when you had 20 hours or so on that bike, and it was very rough on the butt. So the, the foam is a little bit stiffer. I had a stiffer foam from Guts on my 18. I still would say Guts has a little bit of a stiffer foam than the 19, so if you guys are still looking for, you know, a, a stiffer foam, even more so from the 19, you can go to Andy at Guts. He has those. He has good covers. Um, but nonetheless, I'm six foot tall. I drop, go back down to 2017 bar mounts, which is five millimeters lower. The 2018 to 19 bar mount is a five mil higher than 17. So. I am bringing that mount back down using a stock bar bend, and that new seat that for, that's on there for 19 really helps me feel like I'm on top of the bike a little bit more and less clapped out. So I like that. It's you know, it's I approve that feeling. And uh, for me, also a very important aspect of this bike, okay, is tire pressure. Dunlop MX3S tires. 13 to 13.5 PSI is the correct tire pressure because these tires will roll if you have 12 to 12.5. You don't want that sensation, okay? So make sure you guys are running 13 to 13.5. 
If you guys do want to go to a different handlebar, I still go to a Pro Taper Evo bend, which is an SX Race, which is the same bar bend as a stock Yamaha bar. I like that bar bend a lot. I even run that bar bend on other machines. So again, I'm six foot tall, and that seems to be really good for me in, in and out of corners. I want to talk a little bit about the muffler situation. I get emails hitting me up, Kiefer, what muffler are you running, blah, blah, blah. Guys, I've ran a stock muffler on a YZ450F all year, okay? There, it's very tough to find a muffler that is going to give you as much excitement and bottom end as a stock muffler. Yes, other mufflers will give you more mid to top, but... I like that character down low, what makes it feel light and exciting, so that's why I run a stock muffler. I am going to work with FMF to get another spec to try to keep some bottom end on that YZ450F, so stay tuned for that. But as of right now, stock muffler is pretty good. If you want to lose a little bit of bottom end, you think you can stand to lose a little bit of bottom end, then yeah, absolutely, you can go to a different muffler that'll get you some more mid and some top end. But for me, I like that low end feeling, and so that's what I stick with. So again, don't rush it. Ride the bike a little bit. Get a feel for it. You know, Don't just go slapping shit on this bike because it's a very good bike stock. So these small refinements make the, the 2019 YZ450 a better handling machine. I think the engine is very good for 2018. Will this bike win a shootout? Man, it, it's going to be tough. It's honestly going to be tough in 2019 with so many good bikes now. We always say it. Oh, everything's so good. Dude, Cowie stepped it up. Husqvarna, KTM, new frame. They stepped it up. Honda, new frame, new engine timing. They stepped it up. So... It's going to be a tough, tough race. So you'll be able to pick apart who is really testing these bikes uh, when you go look at other media testing outlets because I'm telling you guys, if there is not a lot of changes to a machine, it's tough for a machine to move forward in a shootout. Most shootouts, I would say. Here at Kiefer Inc. Testing, we don't give a shit what the changes are. We go based off of feeling on the track at any given time. So... If Yamaha came in with zero changes and it was still better than all these other bikes that have a lot of changes, you know, then it's a better machine. I feel like on some of these other media outlets, they, they base their decisions on how much change there is in each bike and what it's done. So um, just look for the shootouts to be very close this year. And for me, I've ridden most of the new bikes. I'm only missing a couple here. But Yamaha's in the, in the ballpark. Yamaha's right there with the other machines. So... I mean, I don't know right now. I couldn't tell you which one is my favorite for 2019, but I can tell you Yamaha is in the conversation. Why? Because it does everything well, like I told you. So um, just know that. Clutch on this thing as well is uh, very good, very strong. The only negative I could really find that if I was going to, to say, hey, man, where can we improve is brakes. Cowie stepped it up with some better brakes for 2019. Yamaha probably needs to do the same next year. If we're going to keep the weight the same on this bike, let's get some stronger brakes on here. Um, maybe go up in disc size. It's not the brakes are horrible, but 
it's okay to use some extra stopping power. I always liked having a little bit of a stronger brake. And now when you got Brembo brakes on the KTM the Husqvarna and you got uh, Kawasaki going to a better brake system, um, it kind of forces Yamaha to say, hey, we need to step it up with our brakes as well. But nonetheless, the bike is reliable. I can concur with all that. I've really had no problems. I run a 1040 oil in this sucker. It's uh, it's reliable. It's bulletproof. Um, electric start. People say, hey, my 19 starts better than the 18. I honestly didn't have that much trouble with my 2018 starter. So 19, yeah, it starts just fine. It's electric start. I have no problem with it. And the bike looks fairly good after several hours of use. That's the benefit of a Yamaha. It doesn't look as roached as some other bikes do when it gets old. I've had 60 plus hours on on an 18 and it looked pretty damn good. You know, you put some new tires on it and you, maybe you uh, put a front and rear fender on it and it looks pretty damn good. So uh, I'm excited about this bike. Of course, you guys are going to see me riding this a lot more. Kudos to the Yamaha guys for not screwing it up and going backwards with it and for doing the refinements to make it handle a little bit better and, of course, corner a little bit better than 2018. So like I said, guys, small refinements can make good bit of differences on the track, and Yamaha has made that apparent for 2019. And look for more Yamaha info, of course. The YZ85 podcast will be up with my kid. He's been ripping that thing up. That's a fun podcast to listen to. So if you haven't listened to that, grab your kids, listen to it. And if you don't have any kids, listen to it. It's pretty fun. So um, you got to keep kids on dirt bikes and away from Fortnite and PlayStation and off their phones. Um, it helps us and families grow closer. And that's what we're about over here at the Kiefer. So, again, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Yamaha, for making a good bike. You can ask any questions over at chris at keferinktesting.com or, better yet, be like Biggiezoid. Go get a t-shirt. Hit up heather at keferinktesting.com. We sell t-shirts and hoodies. I'm working on some hats for you guys out there, but I love seeing photos with you guys wearing the shirt. So if you guys have them already, you know, Instagram them out. Tag me at kkeefer120. Let's get them out there. I appreciate you guys supporting what we're trying to do here. Some no bullshit testing. And of course, we're here for you guys. That's why we created this business. How many other media media outlets can you email? Can you email Jody? Nope. He ain't getting back to you. But we can get back to you because we know how much goes into this sport. All your soul, all your heart, and of course, a lot of money. So um, I didn't grow up rich. I understand it, and I always promised you guys, and I said this in other podcasts, I always promised myself if I was in the position to help people, to save money, to go in the right direction, that's what I was going to do. And, hey, we've been over here, we've been out We've been out here, what, over a year doing this kind of thing, and it's been taken off, so our downloads are up, our show numbers are up. It's been a very cool experience for me, and it's cool to meet you guys at the track. So if you guys are at the track, you see me, head over here, let's bullshit about bikes, tell me what you got. If you guys have any questions, feel free to come up and talk to me um, because I'm just a desert rat with a dirt bike just like you guys. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Kiefer Tested Podcast. Hey, and also support our sponsors. All these guys are here supporting our show. You always ask me, hey, Kiefer, what can I do for you? That's what you can do for me. You can support our sponsors that support the show. Go buy some products, get them, because if they're on our show here, 
you know they're good. I don't take bullshit products for advertising money. I wouldn't do that. That just would screw up my business model. So if there are advertisers on this show, then you know they're good stuff. So thank you to those sponsors that believe in us and believe what we're doing. And thank you guys for supporting them. I appreciate it. All right, guys. See you later.